Hey again, hello, this is Shane, and this is my podcast, Heartlines. Now, this is episode four of my podcast, so if you haven't listened to episode three, two, or one, when you get a chance, have a listen in. And if you're listening in for the first time, you're very welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Now, in this episode, I will talk about when I moved to Edinburgh in Scotland from Ireland, the settling in period, making new friends or finding friends, and being an Irishman in the UK and in Scotland in particular. Now, like anyone leaving their home country for a new like adventure or to move to a new city, it is challenging. And I remember it was December 27th and I was flying out to Edinburgh. And it's only a short journey. It's about 40 minute flight time. I packed everything, all my earthly possessions into like a 10 kilogram bag. And I made my way to Edinburgh. And when I arrived in the airport... I didn't know what to expect or I knew the airport bus brought me to, from the, the airport to the city. So I hopped on that and I had already booked a few days in a hostel and there's a place called Coburn Street and it wasn't too far away from where the bus finished or the terminus of the bus in the city. It was close to Waverley Station, which is the main kind of train station. And it was on a hill. And if you don't know Edinburgh or if you do know Edinburgh, it is built on, on many hills. So Coburn Street is one of those hill streets. And I stayed there for a few days just to acclimatize myself because this time, unlike the last time, it was for good and it wasn't just a vacation. Now, this only was second time to Edinburgh, so I didn't know too much about the city beforehand. I knew Edinburgh was the capital of Scotland. It is in the central belt or the center kind of east of Scotland. And it had an old town and a new town. The new town was also on many hills, but it was also it had the main street, Princess Street. And I also knew the old town had the castle and it had the palace. And it was called the Royal Mile, the distance between. So it was the from the gates of the castle to the palace, including all the streets down, was upwards of a mile in distance. Now, apart from that, I also knew the government was there. The government was based in Holyrood or the area around Holyrood Palace. And I was, I was ready to learn more about the city. And I was staying, as I was mentioned, I stayed in the Coburn Street, which is right beside the Royal Mile, pretty much. And I used that as a base to figure out, you know, what the rental situation was or the locations that were available, where they were in the city, the price, whether it was in my budget, stuff like that. And I sent I sent some emails and I got some replies and I went out to view these places. And some places were enticing, they were in my budget, they were close to the city and other places were good, but... They just weren't the right fit and I, I I couldn't, they couldn't make a decision on me and I couldn't make a decision on them. I was new to actually finding my own place to live because the previous place I lived was at home for up until my 20s. And then here I was uh, 28 and I was trying to find my first place to live like with strangers because previously I'd lived in my dad's house. And I, just, I was the lead tenant and I didn't pay market prices. So I didn't know what the market was like. Now, after a couple of days of no real definitive lines of or offers for places to live, it was around the time of Hogmanay. And Hogmanay is like, is that's how they celebrate New Year's. And I decided to just partake in festivities. There's a lot going on around the city in Princess Street Gardens, which is the gardens beside Princess Street, packed full of people. So the good thing about being in the hostel, it's easy to make drinking buddies. So we gathered together, a, a, a gang of people, went out in the town and drank or being merry and and we sang Lang, Old Lang Syne which I didn't realise beforehand was actually it's actually a Scottish song 
uh, written by Robert Burns or Robbie Burns as they call him. And every year I'd sing this song and like bring in the new year and out with the old, in with the new. And I didn't realize it was actually written by a Scotsman. And this was like a this is like an anthem for like New Year's around the world. So that was Hogman A. Eh? That was fun. Brought on the New Year in style. The next day, a bit of a sore head on me after a few drinks on me. And I thought I could like book a few more days to stay. Just, you know, just to continue my search for a place. And the person, the man, the guy at the reception who was my best friend before was drinks, shots, everything. He was not very friendly. He tried to charge me like double, triple the price to stay the night. So I knew that it was time to go. So I had to g- gather all my stuff together. And there I was, just dragging my suitcase along the Royal Mile, just looking for a Starbucks or somewhere I could charge my laptop so I could Google a place and just kind of figure out where I can actually stay for a few nights whilst I continue my search for a place to live. Now, I ended up getting a place. It was a hostel right up at the top of the Royal Mile beside the castle, pretty much. And it was like very close to the Royal Mile. And it was... It was in my price range. It was available. It was pretty cool. Pretty big place. Pretty spacious. Now, initially, I booked myself into the hostel for a few days. And the good thing about the hostel, again, you can meet some new people. We had a pub crawl on the Thursday. We had movie nights. We also had a pool competition, which is pretty cool. And I walked away with about two pounds and all the glory. It was so much fun. I also made, as I said, I made some friends. But those friendships were short-lived because they were only there for a short time. Or a good time, not a long time, you know. So after about a week or so, I was getting a bit tired of hostel life. And I needed to get away. So I actually went on a little bit of a trip. I went up to the Highlands. I left my suitcase in the reception area. They held on to it. I made my way up to the Highlands and I done a bit of exploring the Highlands. Now I came back. I was still trying to make sure I was staying in the market, figuring out what was, make sure and getting some emails out and figuring out you know, is there anything available at this time in my price range? Now, the reason I was getting tired of staying in the hostel because it's is people call lifers, especially in a place like Edinburgh because it's quite a touristic place. There's a lot of tourists coming through. And so I found people, some people, you know, they go on, you know, they go for a year or two backpacking through Europe. They go traveling around all these lovely cities and towns and villages. And they end up in a place like Edinburgh and they just stop. They just stop traveling, they just get stuck, and they look angry, they just lost that love for travel bug, and they just want to stay in one place. And hostels are a great place to stay, because you can work in reception, or you can make the beds. Yeah, so they have a bed and a roof over their head, and they're happy, you know? With a little bit of space in the fridge or in the kitchen, it says my name on it, it's not yours, it's mine, you know? Very territorial kind of people. So I want to get out of that cycle, so... Eventually, my luck was in because I found an email came back to me and there was a place literally 200 meters across the road that was available. It's a place called Lawn Market on the Royal Mile. And this place was available. And I went over, had a view, had a chat with the girl, a Spanish girl who was leaving the place. And she said, if you're interested, give me a text, give me a call and I'll see what I can do. Now, when I went away, I had to think about it. I was like, okay. Location is great. The place wasn't great now. It was basically a two-bed apartment that was turned into this this sitting room, which is the room I was looking at, was also a bedroom. So it was three beds, a bathroom, and a kitchen. So I was like, okay, is it worth saying yes to and moving in? 
or can I stay a bit longer in the hostel? And the answer was, I got to leave. So I was desperate in my head. I was like, I, I need to leave this place. So I said, I messaged her back. I said, yeah, I'll take it. And the next day I went over, introduced some of the housemates and she had me sign a maths copy book page with my name. She signed her name, the details of the cost of rent, the deposit, and she gave me the keys and she left. And in hindsight, this is a big mistake for me because in Scotland in particular, I didn't know about this. That was only an agreement between us two. It wasn't a, a lease. A lease has to be for six months and she had no right to sign me onto that. So it was a big mistake on my part and I paid for it in the long run. But I just took on the chin. She disappeared. I tried to find her and it was a bit of, it was a, it was a big mess, but I ha- I had my own place. Now it happened so quickly with, you know, finding this place, meeting the previous tenant and then moving in that I didn't really focus on the room. The location just made the decision for me. The room itself was a bit musty, a bit stale. It was previously a sitting room, so it wasn't really designed or made for a bedroom. And I could see some positives living here because of the location, but also Eventually, I found out I, ha- I was living with a mouse as well. I had a little mouse uh, to live with in my room. So that was a lot of fun. Now that I found a place to live, I had to actually find a place to work. So my first job, I remember I met a girl on the Cowgate and she pointed me in the direction of a promoter for a nightclub. Now, the Cowgate is actually, it wasn't, it was like down the hill from the Royal Mile. It was close to the grass market, quite popular place for socializing and people would go for drinks and stuff like that. So there's lots of nightclubs in, on the Cowgate. It was good place to do some work for or promote for a nightclub mainly mainly weekend work so working for a nightclub and I had to entice people or get people into the club and every person I got in I made a pound and some nights I'd make about 20 25 pounds and when it was like 150 for a vodka and coke you can only guess what most of my earnings were spent now I remember one time I was working, uh, I was doing a promotion for the club on a Tuesday. It was a rainy Tuesday night and I was promoting for a reggae artist from Leeds. There's one thing I learned that day about reggae. It was popular in Leeds. Well, that night, on a Tuesday night, a rainy Tuesday night, it wasn't very popular in Edinburgh. I remember I pulled I pulled in five pounds. Now, I had a, a meter, so I was paying electricity by the meter. So that would cover maybe a couple of nights on the electricity but not much more. So I knew at that time I had to find a more consistent job and somewhere that would actually pay the bills. So I left that job and I set my CVs out and I found a job in a hotel. And this was over in the Newtown, the more kind of like newer part of the city in Newtown. And it was a hotel. And I was basically, I was a jack of all, master of none. I, I ended up being working on the reception I was the barman, so I was having to figure out how to, you know, how to figure out the way the locals like their drinks being served. And also I was a security guard, so I had to watch people coming in and out. If I didn't watch them, there was like 50 cameras had me and everyone else that came into the hotel on candid camera. Now, I only lasted a month there because it was a bit like a Faulty Towers, a bit more modern Faulty Towers, but it was uh, an experience. But I got my marching orders after a month and now I'd never really been fired from a job. So it was a bit disheartening, but I knew 
it wasn't wasn't the right fit. It was a strange place employer to work for, but it was it was good experience. I got to work in a bar. I never really worked in a bar before, so that was a nice experience. Now I went on from there, and I I went and I applied for a job in a. I ended up getting a job in a Scottish souvenir store. It was on Princess Street, the main kind of shopping street in Edinburgh, and I worked there. And I basically sold Scottish souvenirs to customers locally and and tourists. And I also got to wear my own kilt. I had a sparring, like a little kind of bag for a kilt. I had lovely long kind of white socks and a lovely pair of brogues as well. A pair of nice pair of shiny shoes. I felt like a proper Scotsman. But I also actually secretly liked wearing the kilt. It was a little, little bit of fun. With, I got pictures with the customers also got to learn about Scottish, Scottish niche. I got to learn about Scottish, like Scotch food, Scotch whiskey. And on my way to work every day, I wasn't too far away. It was only a short walk away up on the Royal Mile down to Princess Street. So I got to hear the lovely lilting sounds of the bagpipes. Now the bagpipes are, were, are good first time, second time. But after hearing them thousands, hundreds of times, it can get a bit grating on the ears, but I enjoyed them because they are quintessentially Scottish themselves. So I had myself a job I liked. It was steady. I could pay the bills, the rent. And then after two months, the landlord from the place in the Royal Mile decided that he was not going to rent his place anymore. So he was essentially kicking us out. So now I had to find a new place. The experience of the Royal Mile was, was coming to an end. All I had to do was just get my deposit back and away out went and we had a few issues with the landlord over the time and and this didn't change because it took a while to get the deposit back by the end of it all i only got half the deposit back the other tenants I'd never seen after that or in the landlord so it was an experience not a very pleasant experience but to be on the royal mile was was fun but uh again beware of dodgy landlords so after this I need to figure out where to next. And I, I met another friend or a person who, a guy who turned out to be a friend. He offered me a place to stay in his one bed flat. He had a, so, he had a sofa bed in, in his sitting room. So I just thought, yeah, I'll take that. But the problem was the sofa bed was in direct line to the kitchen. And that became a bit of a problem. So there was only really space for one. So after about a week, he just told me I had to go. So I left and then... After that, I found another place and it was a little bed sit. Now, I was happy with a bed sit because of my own space. I just, a little bed, toilet, shared kitchen. That was fine. But I wasn't ready for the abject, like, loneliness. Now, I didn't realize with Edinburgh, Edinburgh is actually was voted one of the coldest places in the UK, as in by, by people. The people, like, it's a very, it's a small city with a kind of big mentality. And I found people I met through, like, meetup groups. But they were, it wasn't really like for friends. It was more like business kind of connections and like networking. And I, I never really understood the, the ways of networking. I was always just wanting to make friends. Like all a guy asks for is just someone to, you know, to come over, watch the match and have a few cans. I don't ask for much, you know. And at the time as well, I was friends. I had another friend who helped me out. And he came in, he came into the, the picture. I met him working. I was doing a, a small bit of work in a nightclub as well as my main job. So basically I was working with him. He was, he was a cool dude. He was a, he was a real charmer. He was a Turkish guy and he was kind of real cool. Like he was like the Fonz, but I don't know. I don't think he had a leather jacket, I think, but he was, he was very, he had a very Zen like state and we used to hang out together. 
And that's when our friendship kind of like grew a bit. And then I was over in his place. He didn't live too far away from my first place in the Royal Mile. He lived like he lived close enough to the grass market that kind of down on the old town. And he said to me, he said, you know what? I have a place. I have a couch. I'll stay on my couch. You can stay in, in my bed and you can just go halves and we had a gentleman's agreement so I'd pay for half the rent and worked out both ways we got on well now this was great because he was sound we got on pretty well we had a good relationship but the first day I realized he didn't even have a pot you know like you know you know in the kitchen you might have a pan or a pot he didn't have any pots no red flags there I don't know about that but he was fine you know he we we got on well. He, he trusted me, which is important. He worked in a, a tiki bar or like, a, you know, like a wine style bar serving cocktails and the like. He was a manager there. He used to give me and my, my work friends a few few discounted drinks. He even allowed me to like host a pub quiz. And he, he trusted me and I trusted him. And then after a while, he, he used to, every morning he used to go and he used to, as a manager, he'd open up the, unlock the bar. And he always said he was always being harassed by street people like people like homeless people or whatnot. And he was, he decided one day to take action. And when I came home, uh, to my surprise was he had a, he, he had bought a dog as security. And this wasn't any dog. This was a Samoyed Husky. If you know what a Samoyed Husky is, Google it. It's basically a big white dog, a Scandinavian dog, a big, a big kind of hairy dog. And he thought this was going to solve his problem. But, it was solving that problem, but it wasn't solving that problem of space because we lived in a one-bed apartment. It started a problem. And, and after that, he left that job. He left the job as a tiki manager. He moved out to another. Uh, he worked in a, a cafe bar a little bit outside the city. So really, he bought the dog for himself. And then our relationship kind of went downhill a bit. The niceties started to change. He wasn't so cool with me. He's kind of aggressive with me, our kind of br our, our friendship. He was a good wingman. He helped me out a lot through this time, but a lot of things changed. One time that stood out for me was when I came home from work and my my bedroom door was open and he let the dog in and he, he peed all over my floor. And he said it was an accident and dogs do these things, you know, potty train and all that. I felt there was something more sinister there, but I had to bide my time because I paid half his rent. And then another friend of mine, Came into the picture and he was a workmate of mine. You know, this time, but this time he didn't. He didn't live in the city, so he offered me a place in his mother's house. His mother had a a lovely little like a, a house in the suburbs, and he said, "If you want this room, you can leave the you can leave the city and come out with me to a place called Oxgangs, the, the southwest of the city." So I, I took the offer, and I moved out there. So all I need to do now was just get a bus pass, and the bus the bus transport system in Edinburgh, is actually really good and world standard. It was good to get away to, to from the city just to reassess and figure out what the next step was because the next step was important for me. Will it turn out the same way? But as it turned out, he was actually really sound. He was really nice. He was a good friend. Also, it gave me time to like save up for a deposit for a place. And I could also keep my eye on, on the rental market whilst I was there. He was a bit of a character. He was a bit of a joker. Uh, he, was, uh, he told me one time he used to watch me sleep. So he'd sit at the end of my bed. And he'd watch me sleep while cutting my toenails. Now, I don't know if this is true, but if you ever met this guy, this might actually be more fact than fiction. Now, I got the time to think about it, about all the places I had seen, because when you're looking for a place, it can be soul destroying because you're really, you're one of many people looking for a place. And, and some places you go to, you know, everyone wants and 
you, you don't get the, the, the yes. You don't. They'll go. Oh no, so we, we we've we've picked someone else. And other places you want. You wonder why the heck do people do anyone want to rent these places or want to live with these people? Now I remember one particular occasion. I was looking to rent a place in a place called Leith. Uh, it's known for well, it's known for train spotting, but it's a it's a little bit outside the main city centre in Edinburgh, and it's massive kind of Georgian buildings and it was like eight rooms in the place so it was a massive place and it wasn't it wasn't it, it was partial to couch surfers so you might have a couch surfer of an uh, maybe staying for a night or two nights and I kind of thought about it and I said yes I want this place I want to experience to a different experience and then they said no and then a few months later I was at a gig in in the city center and this the few of the lads were in a band and they actually ended up performing a song like as a tribute to their time staying in that place and they had all the parts bits of furniture on the stage as a homage to this time so what could have been nice experience to be part of a song you know another place i went to it was a bit dirty grimy it was it was kind of a lad's place and one room didn't have a, it just didn't have a bed all i had was a ball pit okay now all pay for all the kids you want to avoid around what the f- i was like what this i wouldn't even want to go near that room or, or that ball pit. it's it's minging disgusting eventually after having that time away about two months i spent in my friend's place me and another friend went and we decided to make a partnership and and go to look for a place together instead of just going in random strangers we knew each other a little bit so we thought okay let's go got got a few emails out there one place came back to us it was in a place called fountain bridge we went to the place we had a chat with the landlord we hoped of all hopes that she'd say yes we emailed to see if the place was still available and she came back and she said yeah you got the place guys the nine months of, of you know in and outs and ups and downs I finally have I finally had a place to live and I, I eventually lived there for the best part of two years. So it was great to finally find and settle down in Edinburgh. And this place was great location because it was it was literally about two hundred meters from the place with the most amount of strip clubs in the UK. Fun fact. I never actually frequented any of them. Now, apart from trying to find a place to live, I did enjoy Edinburgh. I was keeping myself busy. I felt I belonged or felt that I needed to belong. I had plenty of job opportunities in the UK or in Scotland. And I was in my late 20s and I, I didn't have anyone to tell me what to do. Now, I got to experience Scottish culture. I also got to celebrate St. Andrew's Day. I got to drink some whiskey, of course, Scotch whiskey. I taste some haggis or sheep's intestines, neeps or turnips taddies potatoes and even recite some poetry from the great bard robert rabbi burns i was also there when scotland were, were were voting as a nation for independence now being from a republic in republic of ireland i felt that was an interesting time you know it was a chance to move away from the uk now as it turned out the silent majority won and they end up staying in the uk but it was very interesting all the same now to also experience like Scottishness or Scottish culture, I, I got hired or I went for a an agency and they gave me casual work, so I got to work on a little bit on the side, whatever I had the free time I could do a bit of work. So I ended up getting offers of work in Murrayfield Stadium, which is where the Scottish national rugby team play, and that was fun. 
it's very fast paced environment very busy win lose or draw was always a big carnival atmosphere and if being honest there wasn't too many wins from the scottish national rugby team now also i uh went to murrayfield as a as a as a supporter i went to ireland were in town and it was the it was in 2015 it was the end of the six nations rugby and ireland needed we needed to beat scotland by 30 points to even have a chance of, of taking home the, the, the trophy and uh, as it turned out we we won <laughs> yeah we won by 30 points and i thought okay i'm gonna go home i just thought we just, we're close but it may not be enough to win and as the, the day wore on and i watched the england france game england just didn't do enough against france was it 20 points and they they, they showed a presentation of the cup to ireland in murrayfield with a fireworks display to match but i reasoned myself to say that now i was there during the, the moments that mattered and i enjoyed the celebration from the comfort of my couch another time i got to i got to go to the british open in Murfield and East Lothian, just a little bit outside Edinburgh. That was cool. I got offered the tickets from a friend, got like VIP tickets to like watch the golf. And then I got to do an audience with Tony Jacklin. Tony Jacklin of 1969 British Open champion. That was cool. And it was like the hottest day ever. And I went dressed, I, I went to the golf course dressed like I was going to to a, an interview for a company or something. I, I was dressed in like a, a shirt, trousers, a sweater and and like like shoes I, I dressed like i was going out for the night i wasn't dressed like it was like a warm summer's day it was what 2013 yeah it was good times now also with the with the casual work i got to work in i got to work at an event i didn't actually know about before i, I came to scotland it was a garden party not any, not any old garden party. The Royal Garden Party. Now this was a party. It was afternoon tea with the Queen in Holyrood Palace. So she invited people from all walks of life for you know afternoon tea. And also, it, I'm not royalist, but it was very interesting and a very memorable experience to be so close to the Queen. You know, in in such a prestigious or kind of a a part of the royal social calendar. That was an experience in itself. Also, the the guy who was the manager who was running the show around the time was actually from Dublin so they are small world now in Scotland I couldn't get away from my Irishness, Irishness not that I wanted to I was my accent is my calling card it's my like it's my cultural identity in a way now I did encounter some people who couldn't tell if Belfast or Dublin was north in the island of Ireland so that didn't happen very often that wasn't the majority but I chose Edinburgh because it had a cultural consistency or it was a cultural place and scotland and ireland have a cultural and even a historical kind of connection and i learned about the culture of the city my life was in this it was the city i was so attached to the city even when i went home i, I felt like drawn to edinburgh i went home and i enjoyed it for what it was i met my friends and i talked about like old times but i felt my heart was in edinburgh and whenever i came home and, I, and i'm sure people feel like this when they go to go home where they're originally from they feel that bit of sense of belonging to somewhere because that's where they live that's where they pay their bills that's where they rent now whenever i was leaving ireland i was sitting on the plane and i heard it the flight attendant come over and announce prepare for takeoff i would always well up and i always get very emotional i didn't i did i felt i didn't really belong in in ireland anymore and i felt my home was in edinburgh in scotland now, Edinburgh was my home, but I also felt it desensitized in the city. It was a very pleasant existence. 
I rarely saw a fight on the street. I never felt unsafe about walking around the city like maybe I wouldn't parts of Dublin city. I felt like, but I also felt like it was unreal. In time, I would learn about Glasgow. That city, it didn't have to prove its Scottishness. It just was. But Edinburgh, it was my home. It was something I got used to. And I got out of my life and I actually, I enjoyed living in Edinburgh. Now that's just a little bit about living in Scotland and Edinburgh and all that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This has been Shane. This is my podcast, Heartlines. Again, if you want, if you haven't listened to episode three, two or one, go on back, have a listen. And I hope you're keeping safe, keeping that social distance, staying at home until, until things get better. And remember, if you did enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe.